He's like just trying to stay loose or whatever his injury, but yeah, like, but if you're his one of his teammates, like apparently everybody else was sleeping or like watching a movie or whatever, because I forgot when they flew because they're coming from Denver. So Denver to New York is already a five hour flight. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, Denver to London has to be like he only slept for like five of the six, five of the eleven possible hours it was. But he's he starting high knees for nine minutes. Um, he's flying with them, so I think he's trying to play. Apparently, if they lose this game, the head coach could already get fired. So the GM know. actually, I saw something that the GM came out and called back in the um the coach. Where is that? Imagine that you have to back your coach in his first full season. Yeah, dude, dude it was like it's only seven weeks. It's <laughs> just like it's only seven weeks. <laughs> he doesn't need to be starting this. He's not. He's not Urban Meyer. He hasn't done anything wrong. You know what I mean? As far as I know, he's doing his job. He's just not good at the offensive side of it. I guess. And they already had an injury with their uh, big running back, not Jamal Williams. What's his name? Um, what's that dude I'm talking about? Yeah, but um, fantasy. Go ahead. If if dude can get fired for one year, uh, what um the Arizona dude? What's the name coach that took over for Carolina? Steve Wilkes, right? Yeah, if they, you know, he can get fired easily for one year. So you know, nothing puts past me. It should happen. It could happen. Lane Kiffin got fired, remember? After oh, he that was a whole full season. Right. He had a full season. So yeah, maybe Steve Wilkes and uh they did that thing to the black dude last year with the Texans, David Cutcliffe. He took his chance and became a head coach because he was like, um, maybe I'll never get another chance again. So who knows? But it was BS because the thing is that they just used him as a scapegoat. They thought they can quite get the coaching afterwards. Then they now they settled in for what's the name that they got there now. He's Lovey gonna be Smith. a one year Lovey Smith, and he's gonna be a one year scapegoat in my opinion. Watch. Yeah, but he should have got another chance at a real at a real job anyway. And if they fire him, I mean, he had a really good run with the Bears to continue for the Super Bowl. But let's be honest, like Houston's the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Juan kept arguing with me and telling me it's not Carolina, it's this. And I'm like, Carolina is still obviously is putting more effort into them. No, and- but they go they put in they they definitely changing up now, but by putting the effort of tanking. They already talk they already thinking about tanking if they get rid of um Christian McCaffrey and Talk about what, who else they got rid of? I know they got. It's just that McCaffrey's in win now mode. How you gonna? Why you gonna pay a guy when you can't win now? You know, they all they are obviously rebuilding. Is they back in the rebuilding mode? They get rid of all the win now people, and that's basically it. They're gonna keep yeah. some core people and try to build from there. But those core people, I would want it, if it, that was me, I would want out of there. I don't know about I don't know about anybody else, but if I'm over there, like settling into my career already, yeah. I want to be. I'm gonna want out because. What, by the time they finally rebuild and stuff like that, it's gonna be over. It's gonna be two, three, four years before they back before they even up there to contend. Three seasons, but I think the real thing, the real idea is this: is that that's why they were playing so well against Tampa because they wanted to show other teams how good of how good of players they were, so that they could get traded. You're right. That's an even crazier thought that somebody brought up on a bunch of the different shows that I've seen and a bunch of different articles I was reading. They played so hard, not just for their coach, but because they want to get out of it. One thing I gotta start doing is start looking at this draft now um, myself. Even though, you know, my team's not gonna be down it, but I'm definitely gonna have to start looking at it more because I quite see the quarterbacks that's coming out. Because it seems like this is gonna be a turning point for these quarterbacks that's coming out. They're gonna be the next look at for this draft coming up. I'll say this: um, 
people have been talking pretty bad about Wilson, and I went and looked at the stats, and I'm like, I didn't realize how much y'all were running the ball with Brees, Brees Hall. So I see why they had to make a trade to get James Robinson in there. That yeah, really so makes a difference. The Jets is a running team, but the thing is that, uh, Court, I, was, I, I actually left this as a comment before on one of those YouTube channels or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, when they drafted um, Zach Wilson, they Robert Sala literally told him, we're going to lift you up, not the other way around. So Court, that type know. of situation, if you think about it, everybody always passes over. If you think about it, though, it, usually the, when they draft a quarterback, they try to build around him, yes, but they try to make him be the guy who's taking over everything, like a la, what's the name, and Casey, um, Court, what's the name, Josh Allen, and stuff like that, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. What it seemed like what Robert Sala said that to him, we're, we're going to lift you up that the other way around is that we're all going to be a team. If quite as far as you know, every as a work in progress, you're going to be just stay within the play of it. If you look at how Zach Wilson played last year, in the beginning, he was trying to do all that gun hole and all that stuff like that. Like he's Brett Favre because you know, that's his, actually one of his favorite, um, quite his favorite, um, what's the name, heroes or whatever, be okay. guns thinking like Brett Favre, whatever, or oh, even Rod- like Aaron. Oh, Rodgers. He's, he's also Rodgers, too. But the thing is that they got him out of that mentality a little bit little, little bit later in the season when he came back from the injury and he started playing with more within the team. And I think that's how this team is basically built, that you have to play within the team. Some players, like, you know, Elijah Moore don't get that, but going, now they quite, if you realize it, they basically, such, they basically set up, this team is basically set up to – if you defend a certain way, like say if you defend that run, you want to see yeah. the passing more all of a sudden. It's very annoying as a player, I guess. I guess the players are upset by their role, which is why Kadarius Tony wanted out. Apparently he right. was faking being sick so that he could get traded possibly. Um, he just didn't like being on the Giants and he didn't like playing with Daniel Jones because he, you know, wasn't getting the passes. But that guy's really explosive. And as much as people were, you know, talking bad about him and the Giants, it, it is what it is. Like I would I would have loved to have him on Chicago. I like, think the Giants might be going the same way, where they basically quite oh, yeah. the quarterback and everybody else plays within the system. There ain't going to be no super special quarterback or super special this person, wide well, receiver, or something that. like that. If, if you have Brian Dayball, right, who's mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator and a really good offensive coordinator at that, how are you just going to all of a sudden not use one of your best offensive weapons because the guy's not trying to come to work? Like, you got to call him on that. Unless those reports of him not being sick are BS and he legitimately was. If he was really good when he was out there last year. He was the most explosive player they had. But Saquon right. was still working his way back. But you, but the thing is that you get what I mean is that they're not going to focus on one that type of thing. Yeah, they basically going to focus on you know what's your weakness. If your 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 defensive weaknesses, you can't stop the run. Or I if your you. your strength is the pass, they're going to go all day run the ball. Yeah, but most teams are built to stop the pass because it's become a passing league. So which right, is basically is tr- basically trying to go against the grain. Right, and that's why you see both the Giants and the Jets basically doing the same exact thing, technically, with Brees Hall and Clay Saquon Barkley. They was basically going to, going more with the running back, passing more to the running back and stuff like that. Taking advantage of market weaknesses, as they say. Right, right. And as soon as they, as soon as they try to stop that, that's one of those – they got – well, at least for the Jets, but the Giants might be the same exact thing where they have those weapons that can actually catch the balls outside. That makes they, sense they might be, they beat the Bears then. Right. Because the Bears are much better in pass coverage than they are in run coverage. Or run stopping. Well, a lot of teams are like the same way, exact way. Yeah. Welcome to the Uptown Parlay podcast. We got Ace and Ant. No Levon, no Malik. Nope. But, they uh, all they're all on vacation or somewhere. Actually, Malik's actually in Harlem this week, and he is not on the podcast. He's letting us down. I don't know what yeah, to he, tell y'all, folks. He's get, he's going back to his roots. He's getting his his Harlem son powers back. You know, so he can come back and you know 
quick give that get that raw that raw talking to with us next week. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> and to go over our picks from last week, Anthony won the week. I got to give it up. Oh yeah. Woohoo. Anthony had his best week last week in week seven. Um, he had nine. Let me get this right. I believe he had nine wins. He went nine and five. I went five and nine, and Malik went eight and six. And Anthony hit on four out of five of his best bets. I'm telling you, I had that, it was out of that rabbit's foot or something. I had something. It was something in the water. It's not it's like hot. Michigan, but it's something in the water. Texas is hot still. Even fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have another London game this week. We got Jacksonville, who everybody thought that they were going to try to move over there, um, hosting the Denver Broncos. The London looks, Bridge Jaguars. <laughs> it looks like Russell Westbrook is going to play. Russell Westbrook. Russell. Looks like Russell Wilson is going to play. Russell Westbrook. I think you do that every week, Ace. You know what? I like both of those guys, and I really like Westbrook as a player. And I'm I'm tired of all these Lakers fans giving him all the stuff, and people like, I'm trying to understand why it's not. This is what I don't understand. If you're the third best player in a team, how's it your fault the team's not winning? Not his fault. He's 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 not supposed to be the one carrying the team. He's supposed to be just there for the. He's supposed to be the icing on the cake, put exactly. the cherry on top. Exactly. And Melo would have been the best shooter on the team had they kept him. But I'm not gonna get sidetracked with basketball. But it just seems ridiculous to me. Like, yo, AD is the youngest. He's supposed to be their superstar. He's the reason why they traded their whole team to get him. And right now, it's looking like New Orleans won that trade. So, I don't <laughs> you blame, know. Like, maybe it could be coaching. Change the structure of how the offense is supposed to flow through, maybe. It's not coaching. It's that they don't have a center. They won when they had Dwight Howard playing center. For some reason, they didn't want to bring Dwight Howard back. He was on a minimum contract. Signed Dwight Howard for the vet exception. Dwight Howard the is the only active player with 14,000 rebounds or more, right? That's what you need him to do. You need a big guy to be a big guy and play center. Dwight Howard knows his role. He knows how to go along and get along, and that's what he's going to do. AD doesn't like to play center because he doesn't want people banging on him. So don't let him do that. Just get somebody else in to play center. Thomas Bryant is hurt, and then it's not working. It, it seems like perfect match to me, but back to this game. <laughs> back to the Broncos and the Jaguars. Obviously, folks, I'm, I'm pretty good at basketball too, but that'll be another podcast if y'all want to listen. Um, Broncos are getting two and a half points. Jaguars are the favorite technically at home, even though it's the road. They got a lot of fans over there. Lowest over under the week, 39 and a half. I'm taking the Broncos. Um, I don't think you can keep going this bad for this long. And I just keep seeing the Jaguars finding ways to beat themselves. And the Denver Broncos defense is not gonna get worse. They're just gonna keep they're gonna keep plugging away, and I think they're gonna win this game. Is it possible for Denver to make the playoffs? I don't know. They have five losses, but it's a 17 game season. Second group to win the rest of their games to go 12 and 5. As unlikely as that is, I just do still think they're going to win this week. So I'm going to lock in Denver as my first lock of the week. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I don't know if you saw this, this nice, cool picture that came out um, today. It's from NFL um, memes, memes, NFL mm -hmm. memes. Basically, yeah. it has a quite a Hollywood, um, what's the name, Halloween picture, and they have, um, what's the name, <laughs> Russell Wilson on it, and he basically called him a fraud. <laughs> it says include two wins, four losses, creepy, mm. uh, creepy, um, subway ads, Wolverine blood, it requires $245 million. <laughs> this thing is funny as hell, but anyway, they can play anywhere and stuff like that, and it's kind of funny that you know, you look at this. And you think that, you know, definitely is going to be a good game for Denver to come back and actually win this and stuff like that. And actually, both teams are two and five. But you think that Denver has the most of the talent to actually come back and 
put themselves on a straight track, um, straight line track, and you know start winning games. Mm-hmm. But I think I can see them still losing this game. So I'm just gonna go with Jacksonville in this one. And I'm taking Jacksonville in the under. Actually, Jacksonville, in the, uh, yeah, Jacksonville in the under because Denver still actually has a good defense. And I think yeah, I think Jacksonville is gonna do exactly the same thing the Jets did to them last week. Run the ball. Really? You don't think you don't think the defense for you don't think the offense is ever gonna catch for ever gonna catch for Denver? It doesn't matter who's there, Russell Wilson or what's the name or whoever that kid was last week or whatever. It's gonna be the same exact thing. And also the fact that they traded away their number one running back. Yeah, that kind Robinson. of helps them. No, but I mean for J- the Jaguars. But, no, Jack, they have Travis Etienne though. Yeah, but he that's, wasn't. Mm, okay, that's what that's what they drafted. That's who they want to be their number one. All right. If you have Fair Etienne enough. in your fantasy, you better pick you better start him because you're going to be scoring a lot of points. All right. Um, next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at two and five, going against the Philadelphia Eagles at six and zero, oh, the last undefeated team. This is the second largest spread of the week. The Eagles are giving 10 and a half points at home to the Steelers, who will be starting Mitchell Trubisky because Kenny Pickett is still hurts. And who do you got? Well, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm going to keep the streak alive. They got the team that's built perfectly. They got good wide receivers. They got the good pass. Um, they got the good um rusher running back, and they actually quite got quite stepped up in their defense by making that trade with the Bears. You know, man might be old, but you know, with that little piece right there in this defense, I can see Trubisky ended up being right next to Pickett, and you're gonna have whoever the third quarterback is coming out there. But anyway, give me Philadelphia, and actually, I'm gonna take the over in this one because Philadelphia's gonna score some points. I'm gonna actually be make this my lock of the week too, my first lock. This is gonna be your Sorry first lock. Yeah. All right. Um, wow, I can't believe you're going to be leaning on Philly like that. I'm yes. going to be taking Philly as well. I'm not going to lock it in because the 10 and a half is a lot, but I just don't see them operating at a high level against the Eagles, especially at home. Um, I think the Eagles are going to crush them. I think it's going to be kind of an easy one. Over-under seems pretty low, so I'm definitely leaning towards the over 43 and a half. So I think the total score is going to be higher than that. Um, the Eagles defense has been really good, and they just wanted another pass rushing specialist. So I think it's going to help them even more. But they can throw the ball, they can run the ball, and Seals aren't really good at stopping either. And the fact that Philadelphia is not one-dimensional, they're the best team in the NFC, and they're in the driver's seat. So they're going to win the NFC East. They're going to have that one seed. It's amazing last year they were the seventh seed, and it really looks and like projecting out to just be the best team overall. It's kind of wild. But sometimes that's how the season goes. I'm not going to lock it in, but I agree with Ann on this one. Like I don't see a reason not to take Philly. There's not all the value in that pick, but the ten and a half kind of scares me. So I'd tease it down to like eight and a half if you could. Just it doesn't scare me because the thing is that Pickett or Trubisky on the other side, I can see them throwing up like two or three picks on that side. Just on the defense alone, get scoring the points. That's the reason why that that ten that ten and a half doesn't doesn't phase me. I think they can just blow them out. You're right about that because Darius Slay is playing out of his damn mind. He is crushing it there, crushing it, crushing it. This is a very big game. It's a day before Halloween, so we're going to see how many people are dressed up. We got the New England Patriots going down to the New York Jets. The Jets are getting three points at home. I don't understand how that's happening. Um, just on the fact that Jets are the home team, I'm taking the Jets. Um, I know you're going to speak more about this, but the over-under is only 40 and a half. Go ahead, in. Well, um, this is a tough game to call. I mean, just it's just a regular game and whatever. The Jets, Jets are actually built up as a quite they coming to up and coming team and stuff like that, doing real good. The Patriots coming back from a loss, 
if you know they might be a little upset about this, they might you know decide to um take it out on the Jets. They were definitely looking like you know they're about to hit into the lottery type of area where they do not want to be. I doubt Belichick's going to want to be there. That said, and all the Jets going to crush them into dust, and I want them to beat the snot out of them, and I can't wait to see this. And I want to beat them to beat them so badly that it falls into the next game they have to play them, and also at the same time to put um Bill Belichick into retirement. But anyway, I'm gonna have quite. I don't think it's gonna score so many points on this one. But give me the Jets and give me the under in this one. The Jets are still gonna quite ground and pound this thing. The Patriots might try to stop it because New England is good at you know changing things up. But once they do, look for Elijah Moore in the slot because he's already playing in the slot. He's gonna be scoring some points this week. I will say this. The two teams that the Patriots have beat out of their last five games are Cleveland and the Lions. The Jets actually beat Green Bay. New England lost to Green Bay 24-27. They lost 37-26 to to Baltimore. And there's no love lost between the Jets and the Pats. They're going to try. They really are. Um, I don't know if Mac Jones is going to play or if Bailey Zappi is going to play. He said Mac Jones is the starting quarterback next week. He couldn't get anything going against the Bears. The Jets also have really good linebackers in C.J. Mosley, and they have, a, they have a better pass rush than the Chicago Bears. <laughs> they don't have better safeties and corners. I'd say they're about even on that. I don't see where New England's going to win this game. I genuinely I, don't. I think we have better corners. We have the oh, best. Yeah. We almost got the best corner tantrum in, right now. All right. I, I will say this. All, all of their corners are young. Jets have a little bit more experience, and they have a better record. I really don't understand why they're getting points. Unless it's just a change in quarterback or running back, I guess Brees Hall was worth that many. But unless I'm reading an error here, the Jets are five and two at home. Pat just got blown up by Chicago. You know what this is, Ace? This is this is basically Vegas looking at this, and all they see is Belichick's face. They're not looking at the team or whatever. They just see Belichick's face. Did y'all beat them last year? No, and that's the thing is that this is reason not at all. We got we got destroyed last year, and the reason is that. The, 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 see, the thing is that people don't look at the contents of it. They just look at the stats. The Jets, yes, they got destroyed and they got blown out last year. But when they got beat, it was basically the injured, riddled Jets team that was missing most of their starters. And they got beat. The, of course, there was no way they was going to win that game. And, and people don't understand this thing. And they keep thinking that, you know, the, that, that same team from last year is the team mm-hmm. this year. No, it's not the people that is, you know, it's not the players that you know, right now is packing bags or whatever. It's actually the real team that's actually playing right now, the guys who was injured last year, on top of that with new players. Yeah. It's going to be a beatdown. All right. Well, I, I hope that's true because, I don't know, I, I don't want to lock the Jets in, but I feel really good about that pick. I really, oh, I really I'm locking this in. This is my second right. lock. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders going to the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints announced that they're benching. They're benching their starting quarterback for the first couple of games of Jameis Winston, who is now healthy, and they're going to stick with Andy Dalton, who threw two pick sixes and took his team completely out of the game, but then threw four touchdown passes. Um, the Raiders are the most up-and-down team in the league. I think, I believe they're, no, they're not coming off a bye, are they? They must have had their bye because this is week eight, and they only have six played games. Yeah, I think Saints, they come uh... I think I can't remember. Raiders are coming off the bye. No, they played last week. No, no, no. Damn. Yeah. They must have taken their bye exactly. the first week possible. Either way, though, the Raiders have been so up and down, and they're really only giving the ball to Devontae Adams. And I know Darren Waller is out, but Josh Jacobs is really the X factor here. I want to take the Saints because they're at home, but 
I, I really don't know. Like, if Andy Dalton can eliminate those mistakes and the Raiders' corners are really bad, the fact that he could come back and throw four TDs shows that the offense can be explosive with him and they can do a lot more. Um, apparently, Alvin Kamara is like, he's trying not to put the team to two down and bring him back up. But I'm going to take the Saints on this one. This is not a game I really want to pick. Saints are getting one point at home. And just with the idea that home dogs have been winning a lot of these games and covering them, and the Raiders are just so bad. I don't know what's up with this coach, but I'm going with the Saints. I, I like them overall as a better team, and I think they have a better defense, and I think the defense is what's going to win out. So give me the Saints, plus one. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't wouldn't want to pick this game if I'm actually betting my money on all these games. If I was everybody, anybody else that's listening to this right now, I would not bet on this game at all. But if I had to, I'm just gonna flip a coin on this one. I'm just gonna take uh, just, since, since you take the uh, the Saints. I'm just gonna take the Raiders just just cause. And I'm not doing doing out of spite or whatever like that. It's just that going either one it could actually win this game. But whatever you pick the Saints, I'm gonna pick the Raiders. If you pick the Raiders, I was gonna pick the Saints. I'm just gonna leave it like that and take. I'm gonna take the Raiders. And I'm just gonna take the um under in this one. I hear you. All right. I didn't even get to the over. Over under is 49 and a half. I'm gonna take the over. There will be defense played in this game, but not a lot of them. Not I don't think they're going to make that much points. I think they're going to light it up. Andy Dalton can throw four TDs last week and go through four TDs again this week. Just to let you know, um, Darren Waller was um, limited right now with um, hamstring. And also, Devontae Adams is dealing with a bad flu, but he's still expected to suit up week eight. So he might be pulling the joy in game. Bad flu. He probably got COVID. I don't know. Tell nobody. Who knows? I think. Yeah, that's what out. it says. It actually does say right here too. Provided Adams is is really a case. It could be a, a case of COVID. For all we know, it actually yeah. says that too. No, honestly, like I'm not gonna give people's personal health history, but right. I mean, as long as you can't get nobody else sick, man, I guess you can let them on the field. I don't know. Um, 2022. You know, Biden said it was over. I guess it's over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personal- I'll wait. I, I'm not on that until they actually. Can say that they can treat it like the common cold? No. I hear you on that one. Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings minus three and a half. The over-under is 49. I like this, and I like this so, so perfectly. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. They're getting three and a half points. I really like this pick. I think DeAndre Hopkins energizes his team. Um, I don't know if they're going to make any moves, make any trades, but I like, you know, Benjamin. The Vikings are coming off of their bye week, so that does help them. So they have a bit of an advantage there. But the fact that the Cardinals were finally able to get a win last week and get this going in the right direction, I like that. Um, this is not a primetime game, so Kirk Cousins will not be cursed, if you believe in things like that. <laughs> but I think three and a half is perfect. And if you can get it at three and a half, I would take it. Do not bet this game at three. But I'm going to lock in the Arizona Cardinals plus three and a half. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona as well. Because um, it seemed like D Hop was the was the team basically. You in- install him, all of a sudden the offense actually works and stuff like that. James Conner is actually limited in this session, but it doesn't really matter because they actually do have other running backs or whatever. The whole team actually flows around D Hop, and my my fantasy team was thanking him very much last week. So I'm gonna go with D Hop and Arizona, and I'm actually gonna take those um take the over over in this one. With, it has 49. I'm gonna take the over. Give me Arizona over in this one. And I believe Justin Jefferson is dealing. No, Adam Thielen is still dealing with the injury. So oh, definitely wanna, give me that. <laughs> so if they want to, yeah, he's going to play. But if they want to double Justin Jefferson, they can go ahead and do that, and just let the rest of the team try to beat him and just go, oh. you know, run it that way. Right. 
Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins visiting Detroit Lions. The Lions are getting points at home. Um, another home dog game for them. They are plus three and a half. The over-under on this one is 51 and a half. Neither of these teams play very good defense. So I would definitely hammer the hell out of that over. I would expect this to be pretty high. <laughs> That's um, what it is. Like, it is high. 51 was, and a half? Yeah, it could be even higher. Two was coming back. Could be one of them like college over-unders was like 60 or 70, something crazy like that. Um, Tua is back after another week, so he's had another full week of practice. No concussions, clear. They didn't score a lot of points last week. They really mm -hmm. got held down. The Lions' defense is pretty terrible, so there's really no reason for me to believe that they should win this game. Either There's really no good sense for me to take the Lions getting three and a half, but I think it's just the fact that of how bad Miami was last week. I'm trying to look at the score because I want to – yeah, they – Beat the Steelers 16 to 10 at home. Now the Steelers defense is in the top 15, so they're kind of in the middle there. But the Detroit Lions, I believe, are 30 or 31 in total defense. They're one of the worst defenses consistently, and the Dolphins are somewhere around in like the mid 20s, like 21 and 22. I don't. Everything in me wants to pick the Lions, but realistically, there's no reason why I should be doing that. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I'm not going to lock it in, but I'll lay those three and a half points. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Go ahead, Amber. Yeah, I'm going to have to put on a crazy hat on this one. I'm going to actually take the Lions on this one. And it's not just because I'm just going against you or whatever. The yeah. reason why I'm picking the Lions is because the thing is that if they can actually get them, get the Dolphins into a shootout, they might actually can win this game. The thing is, if you look at the if you looked at the Dolphins game last week, it seemed like they was trying to pay um play cautious with Tua with throwing the ball or whatever like that. They didn't have no deep balls to Waddle and to um Hill. That, that's supposed to be their bread and butter. That was supposed to be the most dangerous duel, yeah. deep passing this year. But they last game they wasn't doing that, and I think they're gonna try to do that again this this game coming up. Lions, okay. if the Lions play right and they just keep if they try to outscored them, whatever, I think they can actually pull one out, you know, going and going, win the game by offense only on this okay. one. So I'm going to take the over in this one as well. Like I said, it's going, it sounds crazy, but I really feel like Coy, this can actually happen. So I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take All the right. over in this one. It's kind of weird, but I'm not locking it in. I'm not that crazy, but I'm going to take I'm going to go a little bit off the edge on this one, take the Lions and the over in this one. I got you. All right, I see it. I see it. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy. They're coming off their – well, they came off their bye from last week, right? So they're going to play. And we will see. We will see what the Lions do. You know, they had a really bad week seven. They got blown out by the Cowboys 24-6. But the fact that the Cowboys defense didn't – offense didn't do more says a lot about the Lions defense. They're actually improving a little bit. They didn't take it easy and just start running the ball. Um, but, you know, there were some turnovers, so we'll see. The funny thing about it is that this is the mm -hmm. time where well, I would like to look at and see Malik's face when I would pick that. This is his astonishment. And then he was going bring me, maybe brought me back down to earth and, you know, made, made more sense out of it. But I don't know. Yeah. The Lions offensive line is dealing with some injuries. Most of their defense is healthy. Their offense is a little bit is hurt, especially at the wide receiver spot. But that's about it. If you don't think the wide receivers make that much of a difference or Ahmed Ross St. Brown, St. Brown being back is going to make a huge difference. Bet on the lines and take the three and a half. I don't think it's enough. If it was like six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half, I would probably do it again. But because they're at home, they're getting those three points. So that's why it's only plus three and a half. Right. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears coming up with that big win on Monday Night Football. Getting Man, That was a beatdown. I was cheering all the way. 
I bet you was as a Jets fan. Getting nine and a half <laughs> points at the Dallas Cowboys. Who put the beat them down on the Lions last week. They will be out. Uh, they may get Ezekiel Elliott back. Chicago Bears are not great against the run, but maybe we'll get that totally Tony Pollard-led backfield like everybody in uh, Texas has been waiting for. Because I know this is Texas' scene because the Texans damn sure ain't. Um, Chicago, whenever they go down there, they usually give them a good game. The last couple of years, they play them consistently every four years. And every time they've played them in the past two times, Chicago has won whenever they play the whole NFC East. Seeing how Chicago played against a running team like the Giants, I don't know if that's going to work. If Dallas actually leans on the run, we'll have to see how that actually goes. But um, right now, I got to take the Bears because nine and a half is just too many points. Uh, the over-under is actually 42 and a half. The fact that the offense showed what they can do and the defense was able to just contribute so much for a little interception, give them short fields. Like they finally got it going, and Fields actually took a step forward, a big one, I would say, against the defense. Definitely not as good as Dallas, but Chicago's defense and the Cowboys' defense, I don't think are too far apart. Statistically, like talent wise, it may say yeah. that on a piece of paper, but statistically, like they're actually much closer than we've seen. And the Cow- the giant, the Cowboys. The Bears are actually generating a lot more turnovers than most teams. So Dak, they can force Dak on some bad throws and some mistakes. We will see. That's yet to be seen. But without that big back of Ezekiel Elliott back there being able to just kind of pound the ball consistently, Chicago having that thunder and lightning with um, Herbert and Montgomery, I really like the way they're going to be able to do this. And they're going to have to keep track of Fields and not just be able to zero blitz the entire time. So I'm going to take the Bears. I'm going to take that nine and a half points. And I'm going to lock that in as my second line. Go ahead. I didn't know Ezekiel Elliott was not playing. Did they say he was coming back or anything like that? Or he, just like he was questionable with a knee injury. And whenever somebody's questionable, it's like, you know, Adam Schefter will say he's out for two to four weeks. Right. In ESPN fantasy show, they basically said, well, we can't list him as out until the team actually decides that he's not going to play. So people were kind of getting annoyed that all these guys were questionable, but they're not out. So you can't move them to the IR spot and pick up somebody to replace them. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's like, not helping me out because it's like, fantasy. Yeah, people were actually complaining about that. And that's how the fantasy ties into the betting aspect of it and also into just the overall game. Like, it will change your game plan if you really don't know if you could rely on Zeke to get those tough yards and get those, you know, short yardage carries. I don't know if they have a fullback they believe in. That's why every team, I think, should have one, but I guess they don't, you know, feel that's worth the roster spot. Well, I don't know. Sooner or later, they're going to wake up on that one and, you know, follow the 49ers on that. But as far as for this, I'm going to have to go with you on this one, take the Bears, just because of that alone. Zeke Elliott basically been playing the Jerome Bettis role when I was – every time I see the um, – Dallas plays and Pollard doing all the catches here and there, whatever like that. But as soon as they get to that goal line, Zeke LA is right there. Boom. Just a, just a power through no matter what. They, they're going to need that. Dak's going to need that. They're going to need that threat in there. And I can see the Chicago actually pulling this out. They're high off from, from last week. They have, you know, they might be walking, working on a short week or whatever, but they can actually pull this out. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Chicago needs this. They three and four right now. They need to win this game. They can't go down three and five. That's so true. I want to take the Bears. I don't know if they're going to win this, but I want to take the Bears. I'm going to take the under on this one. I feel like this is going to be a weird week, but I don't know why we're agreeing so much. But it's it's kind of wild. Usually, this yeah. does not happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen at all. Um, it's kind of weird. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers coming off that big win at home against Tampa, going to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, if this game does not go right for Tampa, 
whoever, if Atlanta wins this game, they can be tied for the division. They will have the division lead. And if Carolina wins this game, they will have the division lead. <laughs> so the NFC South is still wide open for whoever wants to go out and win it. Carolina's getting four points on the road, being led by P.J. Walker, formerly of the USFL and Temple. Um, he showed that he was actually the best quarterback they've had all year. He's competent. He's not turning the ball over. He's not making too many mistakes, too many bad throws. Wait, when he was, what, what round was he drafted in? I don't know. That I don't know. I know where but, he played, and I know he used to play in the USFL. But just think about this, though. Just for a sidetrack here. You got yeah. P.J. Walker, you got mm-hmm. Sam Donald, and you got Baker Mayfield. You got two people that was drafted in the first round in the same class. Yeah. And then you got P.J. Walker. And yet P.J. Walker is better than the two first-round picks that became bust. I honestly well, thought Baker that Mayfield's kind of a bust. Baker Mayfield's the first overall pick. It's it's weird, right? Like he had all that talent in Cleveland, couldn't get. Well, he won a playoff game, and then the next year they're like, "Eh, did we really want to keep you?" I don't think so. It's just change of regime. That's what happens. I really regime thought, Nobody cares about you no more. I really thought it was going to work in Carolina with him, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey, and now and Robbie Anderson, and now Robbie Anderson and McCaffrey are gone, and you know he knows he has to play better, and he's. He's trying to help P.J. prepare, and he's being a good teammate, trying to get back healthy again. Um, the fact that they're getting four points and Atlanta is winning games, and they they always seem to cover. Um, Carolina is just fighting, fighting, fighting. So I don't know if they're going to come out and play as hard as they did last week. The fact that Atlanta still knows that they can win this game, and Mario is actually playing really good football right now. I believe they had a better receivers in terms of, actually, that may not even be true. Sam Rue only had, really had Chris Olave. Everybody else, I believe, is hurt. Go Daryl Patterson is still out. Yeah, I mean, tight end doesn't really play that much <laughs> for I'm some reason. Take, I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers in that plus four because the way they <laughs> ran the ball was pretty amazing. I'm going to take that four points. I'm going to take the Panthers. I, I can't keep I can't keep agreeing with you in this. Like, come on. <laughs> this is not fair. You know what? No, I was hoping you'd take Atlanta. No, I'm taking the Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers. There's really no good reason for that. Like, Atlanta should win this game. They really should. But, like, I just don't believe them. I just don't like the fact that you can if you can do that to Tampa, you should be able to do that in Atlanta because when Atlanta played Tampa, they got they got utterly destroyed. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back and I'm, I'm gonna just bring that up real quick so I can confirm that for everybody who's paying attention at home. All right, I I yeah. just don't I just don't Tampa just don't... beat them Tampa beat them fifteen to twenty one. Oh man, Tampa beat Atlanta fifteen to twenty one. They beat yeah. Seattle, they beat Cleveland, and they beat San Francisco. They lost to the Bengals and they lost to Tampa. I just gotta say this to when he's when he listens to this. Damn you, Malik! It's your fault for not being here. I'm agreeing with Ace every day. Go second. It's your fault. <laughs> you know it's your fault. Oh, I have to agree with you in this thing. Ah, I'm about to take Carolina too. Shit. The only reason I don't want to take him because I, for some reason I have a feeling that they have their coach. Their coach is trying to prove himself that he should have oh, never yeah. got. He should have never got fired with Arizona, which I believe. He should have never got fired with him. He had a crappy team that year. You're right about he, that. And Looks. he should go ahead and get this game. Yes. He, and, you know, he, and he should have this team for next important, year. Important to note, he's still part of that lawsuit of the black coaches that are suing the NFL. Yes. So imagine if he comes out, turns his team around, and gets them to, I guess, the lead of the NFC South or in second place in that division with like a, just a collection of dudes, and then they don't bring them back. Could yes, and he don't even have a super. He don't even have a superstar Christian McCaffrey no more on the, on the offense. 
Exactly. And he's doing it with PJ Walker, and it quite if it comes back, maybe Mayfield if he becomes a starter again, or Donald whoever rolls rolls in, he yeah. starts winning games. For some reason, he's showing his chops like give me the players, and I can win this game. Look what I'm doing right here with these type with these type of players, and I think he's gonna show show it off. I, that's why I have to agree with you. I'm like, just looking at this thing is just it comes down to coaching. Both with this game right here is definitely gonna come down to coaching. I have more in faith in the Carolinas coach. Because he should have been still the Arizona coach, not that fraud that is there right now. So give me to Carolina, but I'm taking the under in this one. I don't think they're going to be scoring 41 and a half points. Well, I'm going to take the under. Carolina wins. They're going to win big. Um, next up, we have the Tennessee Titans, the first 4 o'clock game for some reason. I think that's going to bury this game because not too many people are going to watch it. We got the Tennessee Titans, AFC South leading team, minus two and a half, road favorites of the Houston Texans. This is going to be my third. It's going to be my fourth lock of the week. Give me the Tennessee Titans. Houston Texans are the worst team in the NFL. They're not bereft of talent, but they're just bereft of a good quarterback. And their running back is all right, but Tennessee is just going to win this game by pounding the ball. And, you know, playing keep away with Ryan Tannehill and just making the throws he needs to make. So they're going to do what they got to do to win, and the Texans just aren't going to be able to get this one done. Give me the Titans. This is my best pick of the week. Just so I can be different, I don't care if I get a, lo- a loss on this. I'm going the opposite way because I'm tired of agreeing with you. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with Houston on this one. Give me the under this one. Houston might uh, quite. I'm going to pull this as my shocker of the week, just cause, just cause. That's all, all there is. If I was listeners out there, do not follow me. Might not work. Well, actually, I said the same. I think I said the same thing last week, and I I was sort of going blazing hot. But anyway, I'm going to go <laughs> with Houston, and I'm taking the under on this one. Houston's at home, right? Yeah, Houston's at home. Yeah, so definitely take I'm gonna take Houston. I'm gonna take the under in this one. They they definitely gonna um pull us out. Even though they have a win, they feel like a team that hasn't won a game. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I know how they, and it's how they play, it feels desperate. And the mess up thing about it, they've been talking bad about quite their quarterback this whole year, this year now, even though he was the talk of the town last year. But now Houston Radio is kind of downing on them right now, and so is some of the fans. But I can see them coming around, maybe pulling an upset here. And just to point out, the only team that they beat was Jacksonville at Jacksonville, which makes me feel even better about my Denver pick, no matter who's playing QB for them. They could be playing on the moon. London, Mexico City, they could play in Paris. It won't make a difference. <laughs> Jaguar can raise back um they, yeah. they can raise back Peyton Manning's ghost of <laughs> Christmas past and he's still gonna lose. Denver will still lose. They could christen one of those new stadiums in Qatar and play in a hundred degree heat right now, and they'd still somehow the Jaguars would still find a way to lose. <laughs> I think this is gonna be the game of the week for the four o'clock games, unless they for some reason give us the Giants and the Seahawks, which is crazily the only two teams playing this week that have a winning record. Which, all right, the only game, game featuring two teams with a winning record. Oh, you skipped the Commanders. No, 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 I didn't skip them. We have San Francisco 49ers at the L.A. Rams. Oh, okay. The Rams are three and three. San Francisco, yeah, it's Battle of California, I guess. Um, Northern Cal versus Southern Cal. I'm taking the Rams. They're getting one and a half points at home. I have no faith in San Francisco after they lost to Atlanta. I just don't understand that. Um, they should have been the better team. They weren't. I watched that game and I was surprised, but I wasn't completely surprised. So I'm taking the Rams here. I know I'm talking very fast. Let me slow down. The over-under is 43, but I'm taking the Rams here. I believe in this team, and I think they're a better team than San Francisco. McCaffrey may be able to help them, but I think the Rams are going to finish fix 
fix their running game, and I think they're going to fix their offense and they gave them a week to get healthy and to give guys some time off and to figure out the offensive line play. So give me the Rams here all day, every day. Go ahead, Aaron. And so until Stafford actually finds somebody besides that one wide receiver that he keeps passing to, I'm going to have to go the other way on this. And This is the reason why the Rams are not playing that well. Part of the reason I should say that they're not playing that well. But I'm going to go with the over. I think this is going to be a fixed a fix game here where, you know, teams start scoring a lot of points because both of them are winning three, only, only have three wins for this year, and they both know it's time to start revving it up. But I'm going to go with San Francisco. The only reason is because McAfee was just getting into the um, the system of San Francisco. Now they're going to actually have more plays, more tricks, more end arounds, more craziness in this playbook. Give me San Francisco. Give me the over on this one. Oh, this is going to be my third lock of the week, too. All right. The gate. All right. I'll make sure that we add that in there. And next up, we have the Washington Commies at the Indianapolis Colts. Did you say commies again? You heard me. That's wow. what they are. That's where everybody's going with them by. It's kind of mm-hmm. catching on. Even uh, <laughs> Kornheiser started calling them, and he lives in D.C. Wow, the commies. I can't they believe they are, actually say that in America. They are road dogs, as usual, as they should be. Indianapolis Colts is 3-3-1 with the win here. They can still stay in the playoff conversation. Surprisingly, they're 3-3-1. and one. Matt Ryan is hurt. He was going to try to give it a go, but they decided to go in a different direction and go with Sam earlier. Um, last time I saw him play in college, he was okay, but not great. He had the chance to sit for a year and a half, so we will see. I guess they want to see what this dude can do. Um, that being said, and with their running game not really getting together, and somehow the Colts line just not playing the way that they thought that they would, I got to go with Washington here. Um, they stick with Tyler Heineke. I don't see a reason why they would lose this game. He's actually given them a chance to win, and even if they end up going back to – actually, no. Um, Wentz is still going to be out with an injury, I believe, correct? Right. And t- Terry McLaurin is stepping up his game because he's got paid, and he realizes that this is he's got to he's got to keep proving. He's got to prove that he's the guy. And I don't know if he wants to stay in Washington, but he is their best receiver, and they have other receivers around him, and they actually have a pretty good running game with Brian Robinson Jr. Antonio Gibson is also really good, so I see no reason why Washington would not win this game. They're getting three on the road, so I'm gonna take the Tommies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking a team called the Commies, so I'm just going to go the other way. You know, hopefully the Colts will pull this out. I know that, you know, they not really have a quarterback right now, but they can still pull it off. They got other players in there. Don't go with me on this one, but I'm going to go with the Colts. And just because I don't like the quite the name, the Commies, so I'm just going to go that way and give me the under in this one. I think both teams are horrible, and they're both basically going to be drafting a quarterback next year. Well, both of these teams have three wins, and they both should have drafted a quarterback. But I do respect the fact that if you don't think your guy is in the draft, you don't draft him. Because that means that whoever do, does step into either of these situations will have a better team around him. So it's good that they took Jonathan Taylor. And it's good that Washington is trying to build a good defense because that's what's going to help them long term, whether they stick with this coach or a different coach. Next up, we have what I believe to be the best game this week, the New York football Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. I am going to take the Seahawks. Three things. Giants are good at running the ball. They tend to make mistakes, and they tend to beat teams that are beating themselves, which is why the Giants are six and one, and the Seahawks are four and three because they don't beat themselves. You're going to have to go there and actually beat them. They have a good running back in Kenneth Walker. They have a competent quarterback, and they have a good game plan. And they actually haven't been playing very bad on defense either. They have a young team. They have some good young safeties. Pete Carroll, I may not like 
how he coaches, but he is a very good coach. And he knows how to win games. And the team that we thought was going to be the worst team in the league, and Geno Smith, who we didn't really give any respect to in terms of being a legitimate starting quarterback, he is one. He has the arm, he has the ability, and he can make these throws. And on an even more positive note, DK Metcalf looks like he's going to play this week. So I am going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to lay those three points, and I'm going to take the over here. If the Seahawks win, I think they're going to put up a bunch on the Giants because I think their pass defense is going to fail them. And they don't have any wide receivers, so it makes them very one-dimensional. And they're going to make Daniel Jones beat them throwing the ball. Give me the Seahawks on last lock of the week. Uh, I, I actually like Geno Smith's um, line that he said. I, I think I'm not going to be quoting it correctly. They wrote me off and I didn't write back. That was so awesome, man. I, I really want to pick the Drake line, right? I know, but still, I just like I just like that Geno Smith said it now. You know, so it's Geno Smith's line. I, I'm not, it's no longer Drake. It's Geno Smith's line. <laughs> but it's it's, it's kind of hard to pick this game for me. The reason is because I I like both teams. I like how the you know, Giants being coached under Dable, whatever. He's definitely should be in lock of being at least the coach for the coach of the year. He should be a definitely top candidate. Then you got Seattle. They basically showed that they didn't need Russell Wilson. They can do it with Geno Smith. Geno Smith actually was matured from his days from being from the Jets to Giants or whatever like that. And he actually be matured into a better quarterback and actually learned from different offensive coordinators beyond the old ones, you know, how to actually put himself together. And it shows that after a while, that you can actually still have a good quarterback after a while. You can't just give up on these young quarterbacks right away. That said, right I'm just that. That said, I'm still going to pick the Giants. The only reason I'm picking the Giants is because they're they're on a roll right now. And like I said, I'm going with I'm going with Dave on this thing. He's doing it really good. But this is going to be a fight. This this game can actually go either way. But I'm going to take the Giants in this one, and I'm taking the um the under in this one. All right, hands on the Giants. Sticking with the New York teams. Next up, we have Sunday Night Football. 8.20 p.m., Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. This is the biggest line of this week. Now, if I told you when the season came out that the Packers were going to be 4-3 and three, and the Bills were going to be 5-1, and one, you would have said, what happened to the Packers? Is Rodgers hurt? Did Aaron Jones get hurt? No, they're all healthy. They just can't click because they didn't give him a top wide receiver, which is a theory of one Dominic Foxworth that I believe, which is very true, every Top team needs a number one wide receiver, which is why I believe the Rams won last year because they had two. They had mm -hmm. Cooper Cup and they had um, what's OBJ. His name? OBJ. I keep forgetting his own. Oh, I was going to say Otis, but it's Odell because I don't know anybody named Odell, which is why I forget that name, which is why I should remember <laughs> it because he's the only person in the world I know that's under the age of 50 that's named Odell <laughs> that, I've ever met my, that I've ever known in my life. Well, so uh, far, because there might be some kids that's growing up with that name right now. Odell's? Parents, you think you think they're naming more Odell's right now? Yeah, because I bet you some parents that was called Giants fans back in the days when Odell first came out, they named the kids Odell. And the same thing, you know, it could have happened. Some Browns fans might have did the same thing. I named the kids that. Odell, whatever. There's, there's crazy sports fans out there that do that, name the kids off of things. There's more Browns fans who name their kid Baker than Odell. I can tell you that right now. Hey, but Giants fans, you you definitely can get some Odell's in New York. I bet you right now walking around the streets, you know, saying hi, 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 Mrs. Clark or whatever in fifth grade or something like that right about now. 
I'm gonna have to go to babynames.com and Google that to see like which is actually the most popular name. But I, I'm genuinely interested to see. I'm gonna report back on the recap podcast about which more popular baby name, Odell or Baker. My money is on Baker. I, I, I don't know if there's <laughs> odds on that. My money is definitely on Baker. Um, <laughs> you did bet way, that in Vegas. Yeah. Either way, it is not looking good for the Packers here. They're going up a team that doesn't have too many weaknesses they can exploit um, offensively or defensively. Packers are actually the biggest money line. If you want to take a risk and you think there's somehow that they're going to come out and beat the Bills, I don't know how. These are two cold weather teams. It is October and Buffalo is cold, cold. Um, even around this time, they're getting 11 and a half points. Like the underdogs have been covering 6% of the games, but Bills have just been beating everybody down recently. Can they beat them by two touchdowns? Yes. Will they beat him by two touchdowns? I have no idea. Is Just Aaron Rodgers yes. a good quarterback? I don't know. But I'm going with the Packers here. I think they're going to cover. Um, I'm not saying this as a Bears fan to jinx them. I think 11 and a half is too much. The team's too talented, and I think they figure it out. And I think Rodgers is right to criticize his teammates. And, you know, if Bakhtiari can get back to playing in the spot that he needs to be, and they can move that guy from tackle back to guard, but he was a pro bowler, they should be okay. Are the Bills going to crush him? I don't know. Are the Bills going to win? Hell yes. Give me the Packers, and I'll take those 11 points. Go ahead, Dan. This game should be flexed out right now, and they should put something else in there. The only reason this game is there, obviously, is the Bills, but you got Packers on the other side. The Packers are not really all that. The only reason people care about the Packers right now is because of one person, Aaron Rodgers. After that, nobody really cares who's on that team, especially on offense. And most of the team, most of the people outside Green Bay Packers fans can't even name an offensive player there unless they own them, own them in fantasy. Well, they, they should. Jones. Yeah, like I said, in fantasy maybe, <laughs> but not the casual, the casual football fan. They should flex this out and save the Bills for next week when they flex the jet, flex the Jets in with the Bills for a Sunday night game because you know that's going to be a quite a, a quite a whopping good time to see two teams that's quite that's going to have six that's going to be six wins going against each other and see who can go battle out for the AFC. But anyway, hmm. we got six we got six to what this this show was about, which is about betting. So I'm gonna go with Buffalo on this one. There's there's like a no-brainer on this one because I'm not picking the Packers. Quite Aaron Rodgers has no wild receivers. So I'm not picking them. They're just gonna get destroyed and you know go go into the sunset with this one. So I'm going with the Bills, going with the beatdown, going with the over. Definitely gonna be over 47 and a half points on this one. Take that points even if you even if you want to take that point spread and run with it as well, <laughs> but go with the go with the Bills it all the way. Opened up at nine and a half, and then the Packers got two more points as the week went on. It might go up even two more points by tomorrow because and this is Thursday we're recording. Just to let everybody know. Yeah, we're recording this Thursday night in the middle of the uh, Ravens and Tampa Bay game, of which the current score is whatever to three to ten. <laughs> Because the Ravens decided to go for it and not take the points. So either that or they fumbled. So I don't know what happened. Yeah, we might actually lose that one over there just because of that. Oh, but... no. They blocked a 61-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. Yeah, that's not good. So there you go. As far as for my Bills pick, def- I think this is my fourth lock of the week. Yeah. This will, be, this will make my no. fourth. The Bills pick would be, so you have, you said the Eagles, right? No, you you locked in the Jets. You locked in. You locked in the Jets. You locked in. Oh yeah, I did say the Eagles. 
You locked in the Jets. You locked in the Eagles. And I think you locked in, not Detroit. Was it Minnesota? No, you took mm. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. You didn't lock in Tennessee. You didn't lock in Atlanta. No, you took Carolina. You didn't lock in the Bears. So, yeah, this would be one, two, three. Yeah, this would be your fourth. All right. So, yeah, definitely taking the bills on this one. And everybody in across America, across the world, across the planet, and Mars and Venus and Saturn and, and Milky Way Galaxy and Andromeda Galaxy, pick Buffalo, take the over, put all your money in this thing because Buffalo's going to destroy the Packers on live TV. And they're going to see a sad, sad Aaron Rodgers because Green Bay was too stupid not to get him a replacement wide receiver. How the hell are you not going to get this man a, a number one wide receiver? How the hell are you going to do that to this man? They had the money to get Amari Cooper, and they didn't. Just at least saying. try to try to make a trade right now. At least try to make a trade right now. Honestly, try to yeah. make a trade. All right. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Monday Night Football on Halloween at the Cleveland Browns. This is a rivalry game, the Battle of Ohio. Jamar Chase will not play for the Bengals. So we will see. Um... I have a lot more faith in the Bengals than I do the Browns. I kind of want the Browns to win this game just so that um, they have to have the quarterback controversy. But it's clear that Jacoby Brissett ain't it. I don't know if they can run their way to a victory. But uh, it looks like the Browns have figured it out and Joe Burrow is playing much, much better. Without Jamar Chase, they still have T. Higgins, and they still have – I keep forgetting that other receiver's name, but he's also very quality. I wish I had him in fantasy, actually. Taj Boyd? Taj Boyd, yeah. Taj Boyd. There's really no reason why the Bengals should not win this game. They're road favorites. And road favorites, you know, they did pretty well last week. I think they're going to continue to do well. Miles um, Garrett is back from second game after his uh, car accident, which definitely gives the Browns a better look on defense and more rush. Um, I think that um, Jadavion Clowney is hurt. I don't know what's going on with him. But I would check out the defensive starters on each of these teams before you go ahead and pick this. I've only seen a few because they're still practicing today and tomorrow. That being said, because Jamar Chase is out, I'm going to take the Browns to cover this one. Um, this is a coin flip game. And because it's Monday night, don't put too much in what I'm saying right now. But since I got to make a pick, I'm recording this. I'm going with the Browns. The Browns are two and five. Cincinnati's four and three. They're going into the dog pound, but I'm believing in the dogs. Plus three, Jacoby Brissett gets the win. Let's go. Um, last time I had a little feeling my, my, my gut or whatever about this, and I picked against my gut, which was with the same type of thing, picking against Cincinnati. I just, all I did is saw Joe Burrow walk in with his LSU, um, his buddy's LSU jersey. And just, lit started, ass up, didn't he? It, it just lit it up. So from now on, I'm not passing on that. I'm just going to stick with this. But I just want to say something on the side before I make my pick. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of, I, I think it's, just, it's some sicko out there in the NFL Point who makes the scheduling, they had a sick little joke here. Think about this thing. This, this game is playing on Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. What colors that these both teams are wearing? Orange. Yeah. And what Halloween what Halloween usually has? Orange and black. Yes. <laughs> it just seems Bangles like some Yes, it just seems some weird Halloween type of theme here that I can see them milking this thing like crazy. But anyway. All those things, all, for all the said and done, I'm looking at this point spread. It should be, it should, to me, it should be more than that. This minus three and a half, plus three and a half, whatever. I'm just going to go over here with this over here, and I can see this happening. So I'm going to go with the 40, I'm going to go with the over in this. For, for, it's going to be over the 45 points. These, both these teams can easily score 20 points. 
and I'm going to take Cincinnati in this one. All they right, got a lot you, of weapons. There you got it, folks. That is the full last lock from me and Ant. That is his last lock of the week, taking the Bengals. Booyah! And I am going to get started Halloween with my special. college with Halloween special with my college picks. Happy Halloween to everybody who's going to be listening to this. I'm going to be trick-or-treating with my daughter, so I'm going to be enjoying that, taking most of her candy. She's only three. <laughs> but don't tell her. Turning four soon. My wife wants to remind me on tomorrow. So if you listen to this on Friday, wish my daughter Charlotte a happy birthday. Happy on birthday. Twitter. Six and three last week in college football I was. So I'm hot. So I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to give you guys some more quick picks. We have number 14, Utah, going to Washington State, going to Pullman. They have to win by seven. I think they're going to crush them. I'm taking Utah. Georgia Tech at Florida State. Georgia Tech is getting 24 points. Since they fired their coach, they've actually won two games. Give me Georgia Tech, and I'll take those 24. Notre Dame is going to Syracuse in a traditional rivalry game. Syracuse lost last week to at Clemson, but barely. Syracuse is still ranked 16 in the country. They're 6-1. and one. They only got to win this game by three. I say Syracuse pulls off another miracle, and they keep winning. Give me Cuse and the JMA Dome. TCU, number seven, still undefeated at West Virginia. They only got to win by seven and a half. I don't know why they keep doubting TCU, but TCU is really trying to get into this college football playoff, and I really hope they do. They're one of the few schools that actually moved up from the Mountain West, the Big 12, and I'd like to see them get in. They kind of got screwed before back in the day in terms of getting into a BCS game. It doesn't make any sense because they went 12-1 and and somehow still didn't get in, or 11-1, won the Big 12 title game too. TCU is going to roll, give me them over West Virginia. Oklahoma having a bad year. They are minus one going to Iowa State. A lot of Big 12 games I'm picking here because it's a good conference, and I understand it. Give me Oklahoma to beat down Iowa State. Boston College having a down year, going to University of Connecticut, as I like to call them, the University of Connecticut. UConn is getting seven and a half. BC is going to crush them. The battle in New England will be won by Boston. Shout out to all my Boston listeners. Shout out to all my Taunton, Brixton, not Brixton, Brockton, uh, Roxbury, West Roxbury. Shout out to all of y'all. Appreciate you. I love you. Number 10, Wake Forest at Louisville. Wake Forest only has to win by three and a half. They're going to crush Louisville. I don't understand the spread. Maybe they believe in Louisville because they got a win last week. Louisville's going to get beat down by Wake Forest. They're the second best team in the ACC legitimately, and they almost beat Clemson, except Clemson had another big game at Wake Forest. In that game, they scored about 90 points total. Louisville's been playing pretty trash, and the coach probably hasn't even gotten fired yet, and I don't know why. The best game all week that you can watch is Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee is number three in the country. Kentucky is number 19. They're five and two. And Kentucky is Tennessee is seven and zero. Oh. Tennessee has got to win by 12 points. I'm taking Tennessee. This is my lock of the week. Give me Tennessee all day, every day. Hendon Hooker is going to win this. He's going to go undefeated in the SEC, and he's going to win the Heisman. You heard me now. Bet him for the Heisman. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan is number four. Michigan State is unranked. They are favored by 23. They're pissed they lost to them last year. Or I think it was the last year or two years ago. Michigan is going to put the beat them down on Michigan State. Who, for some reason, Michigan State gave their coach a 10-year contract because they thought he might go to the NFL. Couldn't believe that. I don't know why they would, but it is what it is. You have one good year in college football, you can get paid, paid. Florida at Georgia. Florida's getting 22 and a half points. Give me Florida. I think they're a good enough team to stay with Georgia. I don't think Georgia kills them. This is a huge rivalry game. 
the world's largest cocktail party played down in Jacksonville. Hope you all enjoy and have a few from me. And last but not least, UAB getting four and a half points. UAB is the best team in Conference USA outside of UTSA, and they're not playing them. So give me UAB to roll, and I'll take those, and I'll lay those four and a half points. And that is it on that. And now we are going to go into our shout-outs. Pant, give me your shout so I'm just going to give my usual Jets shout-outs. Shout-outs to Joe Douglas for pulling off, you know, the swindlers trade once again. Shout-outs to Brees Hall. Hopefully you come back next year. You could do very well. My last Jets shout-out is going to be to Brady Quinn. Fuck you. And, you know, you're 0-9. I'm going to keep saying it until we pass the 0-9 part because you keep saying that the Jets was going to be 0-9. Now you're trying to backtrack that. So F you on that one. My last shout-out is not too it's, – it's, it's kind of weird. My last shout-out is to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and Zappy. My last shout out to them. Maybe hopefully I'm not jinxing this. I'm crossing my think my fingers in this and knocking on wood. But shout outs to you guys because the old saying goes: when you have two quarterbacks, you basically have none. Shout outs to Bill Belichick for don't know who what quarterback that he wants to start or who he's going to play. He's going to keep flipping, flopping. Hopefully, he does the same thing that he did with the Bears game, and they wind up losing because they're ill prepared because he's not confident in his quarterback. So shout out to you, Bill Belichick. Hopefully you retire this year because I don't want to see a dumbass no more. Yeah, I said it. That is <laughs> it for Anthony. Surprisingly, Jets fans are still coming up the pass, but I guess it's all that shot and throw them enjoying. Um, for me, it's going to be all sports related except for one. First of all, all college football players should be allowed to transfer. Oregon is having a great season with both Knicks because they transferred from Auburn, that sorry program down there. I used to cheer for them when they had Cam Newton because I just really enjoyed that one season, I guess. But every college football player should be able to transfer freely at least once once in their career. And the fact that he was able to go to Oregon and just lighting the world on fire, I'm loving it. I love the fact that they beat UCLA. I hope that Oregon beats down USC. And I hope they get a chance to go to the college football playoff and they run the rest of the team. Even though Georgia crushed them during the year 49-3, I'm still rooting for them. So shout out to y'all, Oregon. Um... Always get to a better program, try to get more playing time. Whether you can move down and move up, do whatever you got to do. Shout out to all the players who transferred and are doing well. I appreciate all of y'all at the University of Buffalo who did that. Y'all are crushing it for me, and I'm loving y'all. I enjoy it. The NFC South is the worst division in football. Stop putting these games in prime time, okay? Take them on a Thursday night. Take them on a Monday night. Take them on a Sunday night. Don't nobody want to see this, though. Ain't nobody cheer for this. If you're doing that in fantasy, it was my fault that I picked you. You have real games to worry about if you're on any of these teams. Worry about your real games. <laughs> do what you got to do to win. Hopefully you score some more TDs and make some more tackles. It is what it is. For everybody who drafted Jonathan Taylor, like me, or kept him in the keeper league, you know, he's going to have a longer career. He's a great football player. He'll work his way back. And he's probably down because Wisconsin's having such a down year and they fired his old uh, college football coach for no good reason. And shout out to NYCFC for getting to the semifinals, for getting to the finals of the MLS Cup. Another New York team is finally going to get a chance to win a championship. I know not too many people follow soccer, but to all the MLS fans, I really hope NYCFC in the Bronx playing in Yankee Stadium can bring home a victory there. That would be dope. I would love to see it. And I would really enjoy that. And finally, last but not least, uh, Elon Musk now owns Twitter. So I guess we can say whatever we want. There's no more rules. But um, just remember, do not say anything crazy to me on Twitter because the block button still exists, okay? They invented it for a reason, and I'll be using it more liberally now more than ever. The trolls is going to come out, folks. 
take care of yourselves and each other, as Jerry Springer <laughs> always used to say, because we're going to need to now with how spicy people are going to be getting at each other on Twitter. It is going to be B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas. All right? Oh, don't, let, don't let these Twitter gangsters get at you, okay? Don't let these Twitter gangsters get at you. What did you go say there? Before you close it out, I'm surprised you didn't say it. I'm guessing Malik would have said it if he was here, or whatever. But we actually, mm-hmm. we actually dropped one of, we dropped somebody that we used to sponsor. We dropped Ye Kanye West. He's no longer quite associated with us, just That's like everybody true. else has dropped him. We has dropped him over here on our end. So <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, he's no longer of, associated with the Uptown Parlay podcast. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Yes. Yeah, so part of his his billion dollar network was, you know, part of us, you know, supporting him. So <laughs> he dropped him as well. So shout outs to him on that one. So we didn't mention that. We have to mention that there for us other corporate sponsors out there that yes. is hidden that no we're not talking about yet. And our only real sponsor, Viager.io, V-I-A-G-E-U-R.io, your best travel planning app that you can ever use. Go check it out. Go use it. Please support. And give rate and reviews on that. Rate and review us on Podbean, Podcast Addict, wherever you get this, tune in. And Spotify, wherever you listen to this, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, please like, subscribe, listen, tell a friend, tell a friend. We rely on you telling each other about this word of mouth. That's how we get around. And come find us on Twitter. We'll be talking spicy and posting our picks and saying a lot to a lot of people. Like and subscribe and tell your friends. All right. We out. Keep the ball moving. Out. Peace out. <laughs>